Hello, world, and thank you for joining me today. This is Shelley Shearer, and you are listening to the podcast Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda, where if I've experienced it, I'm going to share it with you. If I've learned it, I'm going to tell you about it, and always some education along the way. Good morning, everyone. Shelley Shearer here, and welcome to Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda. This will probably be the last podcast of the year, and I wanted to leave you with some food for thought about your destiny. It's funny. Um, I woke up this morning with a very sort of that, you know, space between wa- uh, waking and being fully awake where I sort of tend to meditate and let thoughts run through my head, usually for about 20 minutes to 30 minutes every morning. It certainly makes uh, facing the day so much nicer. I have sort of an internal clock that just goes off at a certain time in the morning anyway, so I'm usually awake regardless of uh, what's going on. And then I, if I've got the time, I just take that bit of time to just ponder, to think, to put out some positive energy. And that really got me thinking about free will today. <laughs> I know, kind of an odd thing. And uh, what was I watching? No, I'm reading a book right now. I love fantasy. I love books about witches and warlocks and magic and, and the fairies. I love all that stuff. It is definitely my my guilty pleasure, uh, besides trashy romances, as my girlfriend would, would giggle right now if she's listening to this besides the occasional trashy romance. But you know what? I went to the uh, the book, you know, my uh, meditation book, and it'll be interesting to see what pops up next year because I don't tend to go to it every day. So usually with skipping, I can run this book for a couple of years here because I'll probably just skip different days. But we're coming to the end of tw- 2017. For most people, it has been a very, very busy time of year. Um, it could be busy for a number of reasons, religious reasons, uh, social reasons, work, it's year end, lots of corporations. I have a girlfriend that, uh, specializes in payroll in a company that she works in and they run with a calendar, corporate year is a calendar year, which I just think really, sorry, as, as the bookkeeper accountant in me, I'm like, that is just the worst timing ever because no one wants to be working 24 seven in December. I like doing that in March, <laughs> but Hey, uh, to each his own. So they run with the calendar year and she's just been pulling, you know, 12, 13 hour days and in North America where I live, excuse me, sorry, uh, it's Christmas time. And I said, and as a Christian, I celebrate Christmas and all that that entails. And it's just been, it just gets crazy busy. So many obligations with family. And you know what? You don't have to be a Christian. You could be celebrating all sorts of other religious type things, depending on your religion. It's completely irrelevant. I know I have a lot of listeners in Japan and which I'm very grateful for, by the way. Thank you. And everyone just has their, every country has different things at different times of the year. So maybe this maybe isn't your busy time, but we're still running into that universal New Year's. That sort of hits everybody. And the reason free will kind of came up was I was having this thought today, just random thoughts running through my head. When I was a kid, uh, there was this church movement and it got a lot of attention, but it also got a lot of negativity from a lot of other types of religions uh, about name it and claim it. It was a new gospel, Pentecostal type um I don't know if it was Pentecostal, but it was the, kind of the, the more modern religions of, of Christ. And it was all about, you know, you name it, you claim it, and you shall receive it. Well, you know, it's interesting. I never gave it much thought until recently. But I've been doing a lot more introspective thinking and learning a little more about the law of attraction. 
And I sometimes wonder how much of the Bible we've really got wrong, you know. As a Christian, I truly believe it's the Word of God, that it's, it's divinely given to us. Doesn't mean all the humans that took the, took the uh, notes, recorded the notes, changed the notes, adapted it to pagan religions around the world so that certain emperors didn't go out of power, blah, 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 over the thousands and thousands of years this has all been going on in human history doesn't mean they got it right. But I think there's some basic fundamentals. You know, the Ten Commandments are pretty clear and they're good rules to live by whether you believe in God or not. They absolutely, you know, let's not lie, let's not cheat, let's not steal other people's spouses, let's not kill each other. There's some pretty basics that are, that are pretty good there. But the Law of Attraction talks about putting out positive energy into the universe. And I spoke on this, I believe, a little bit on my podcast last week and if not then, definitely in other times. Now, I'm going to refresh you on why this podcast is called Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda. Because in my life, I've tended to have a certain cycle. And other people do as well. And it's and if you can relate to this, great. So we go through these phases in our life when we're not getting things done. Coulda done it. Well, you know what? There's that overconfidence. We think we can conquer the world. Definitely, this is a me thing, by the way. I'm not pointing fingers. I'm definitely owning this. I just, when I was younger, I just thought I could do it all. I truly, I just did. And maybe not in such a positive light, because I do want our children to be raised to think they can accomplish anything they want, but that wasn't the case. It was just a little bit of arrogance and 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 a bit of a maybe naive, naive belief that, yeah, I could just do anything. Well, then that's a great plan. Then there becomes the excuses. I could have done this, I should have done that. And we start making excuses for why we're not succeeding in our life, why we're not getting things done. And then there's the regret. I should have done that. And I have a lot of regrets in my life, things I'm learning to come to terms with, which actually is a little bit about what Melanie Beattie's talking about today, Melody Beattie, sorry, in her book, today's, uh, uh, sorry guys, lost my train of thought for a second. Um, meditation is embrace your destiny. Now, not to get too woo-woo on you, the point she's trying to make here is to follow follow the, the threads, follow the thread of, of where she's going with this. We need to fall in love with our destiny because way too many of us hate our lives. And I am a perfect example of not hating my life. I love my life actually most of the time. But I have a lot of regret for my past. I've had a lot of pain. I have a lot of dysfunction in my immediate family. And when I'm feeling low and I'm letting negative emotions get to me, I dwell in that puddle of yuckiness. And that is not what God and the universe want for you. You need to think about your life as a whole path. And maybe destiny is a little bit woo-woo or a little bit, you know, grandiose. But the bottom line is we are where we are sometimes because of things beyond our control, simply through force of nature, our free will, and perhaps even fate. Now, this is where free will comes into it. And this is where I had this thought this morning, which was, I know it doesn't seem like it's related, but I think it is. What if they got it wrong in the Bible? And we all these movies and books that get written, and I just watched The Shack the other night, which I loved the book. I just thought it was quite profound. And it really got me thinking about things 
in a different light. And I'm not sure why I am yawning. I'm not tired. I think I've just been sitting too long. I apologize. But if I stand up and walk around my office, I'll make tons of noise in this podcast. I'll have terrible background noise. So I apologize for that. What if the reason that God just can't intervene every time that something goes wrong and we look at the world, it's all so nasty because the free will really is about the law of attraction. If science has rules and the universe has scientific rules, why can it not have spiritual rules? Now, we talk about things spiritually that nowadays we are really starting to discover perhaps are more scientific. Energy is a thing. We're composed of it in our body. There is space in our cells. There is an energetic force in our cells. We are electrically charged. So what if free will was just really fully about the fact that there's not this God that's going to step in and and save you from your life. It's about the energy you put out there. And if that's a universal rule, if that is a law of the universe, then we need to embrace that thinking and start dealing with the fact that there are some black and white things that you just can't break. You know, water is wet. Light's always going to shine into the darkness. There's some real black and whites. Maybe there's lots of things we haven't discovered, but there's some real black and whites in our periodic table, in gravity. There are some certain constants, the way, you know, how the earth revolves around the sun. There are, you know, there are some things that are just scientifically proven now. So if I could get you to thinking that if free will was really about the fact that you need to choose, but you also need to choose the energetic force you put out there. Now, the other thing that really affected this last night was we were watching, we were binge watching a little bit because we have not watched hardly any TV our show that we love to watch, which is a designated survivor. It's a show here in North America on a man that becomes president when there's attack on the Capitol by um, actually in the end, it ended up being internal terrorists. It wasn't even external. And because he, through this law they have was this, you know, designated survivor should a catastrophe occur, he gets made president. He didn't run for it. He wouldn't plan on it. He was just a regular Senator, you know, worried about the world and subsidized housing. And he rose to the occasion. But the show is very well written and it's very much like the West Wing was about 15 years ago, 20 years ago. And I just, I quite, I actually, I very much enjoy it. It's very intelligent and it makes you think. So what's going on? They bring in to the storyline a bit of stuff that goes on in Afghanistan. And you look at this and you look at things that go on in Africa. You look at the evil in the world. And it's very hard for me being from an amazing country like Canada, not to sit back and say, you know what, but for the grace of God, go I, how come we get all these choices, you know, this, that, and the next thing. And I've spoken about this in the past as well, about, you know, the outliers and, and the law of attraction. What if they're all connected? What if it's simply a matter of the world needs to change its energetic position in the world and it's how it's dealing with things? So I realize this is a little out there, but what if the whole point that God was trying to make in the scriptures was that we have to change things? Now, some people are going to say, well, we all know that. No, I don't think we truly really do at a at an energetic cellular level. You know what? We can, can say that, you know, people are innately good. Uh, we can say that, you know, people will choose and that you need to choose to be kind, to be fair and not to lie and cheat. But... 
those are manifestations. Those are behaviors. And why that kind of came to light for me recently is I have a father with a dementia. And, and I just been watching him fade the last two years. And, you know, I really lost my father and it's very sad. It's very hard. I've already buried a two grandparents that both had, one had dementia, one had Alzheimer's and it was devastating. It was devastating all those years ago to watch them fade away for seven years. And, and it's just, oh my gosh. Anyways, we won't go into all of that. But what's kind of funny is my dad with his dementia, some filter is missing. And he says really inappropriate things. Well, my dad's a very devout Christian. Uh, he doesn't swear. He doesn't drink. He doesn't smoke. Um, very, very black and white in the scripture. A little too for my, little too dogmatic for my, my, uh, my way of thinking. But that doesn't matter. That was his faith, and he really was a kind and generous man. But he has no filter now, and he says all these things. Why I mention that is, why are those things coming out? Was he suppressing them? See, that's, we're back to behavior again. Not actually soul deep belief and energetic um, acceptance. When I got sick with fibromyalgia, and I'll use myself as an example, I'm not a big cusser either. Just, you know, I wasn't raised in a home that swore, so I just never did. And I quite find it quite unladylike. And, you know, I had all these little rules and regulations of how, what was appropriate. Well, for some reason, when I got sick, it was like a flip, a switch flip for me as well. And I swear, and I don't even mean to, it drives my husband crazy because he's just, you know, we've been together for 18 years and he's just not used to it. And all of a sudden, if I get really shocked or scared or angry, I actually use the F-bomb. Well, he's never heard that word come out of my mouth for like 15 years. And all of a sudden it's like, do I, do you need to say that every time you got, you know, you got something you need to express? I don't know why that filter has been removed. It is it is almost like Tourette's. I just I, it comes out of my mouth. I have no control over it. I cannot stop myself. I have to think about it and control it now. So it's another discipline for me, which is just exhausting again. And it, watching my dad have these filters removed because of his brain breaking down, I just think, you know what? How much of that was just control? And uh, was it a true belief? Was he just behaving because he? Th- in a way that he thought everyone around him expected him to behave. He certainly is not running around um, thinking stealing and lying and cheating is okay. But like I say, there's just these social filters that are now lifted for him. And he just doesn't give a care. He just says what's on his mind. And like I say, a lot of it's quite inappropriate. So if that's the case, are we truly at our core putting out the energy we need? Okay, so think about that, because I really want you to go into the new year thinking about that, but I want you to embrace your destiny, and I'm going to use a little, I'm going to read a little bit of this kind of word for word, because you know what, Melody says it best, and I'll just run with what she has to say. How often we search outside of ourselves for some elusive moment for an experience like someone else is having, and let me make a comment here, Facebook, social media, people, if you think everything you see on social media is real, you need to let that crap go. You are seeing a sliver, a glimpse of someone's life, and it's usually either all the positive or all the negative, depending on the person. But for the most part, it's the positive. You're not seeing what the battles they go on in their life. You're seeing these little snippets of perfection and they just don't exist. So my two bits worth on, on, on modern socialism or modern social uh, interaction. 
We're looking for something that someone else is having, their experience, their emotion. We'd like to feel but aren't, at least not right now. If we're not feeling that right now, we want it. So we see something, we want it. That's why commercialism is so vast in North America because people truly think they can buy happiness and you simply can't. But we just keep thinking that we can and our children are being raised again with just this attitude that they can buy what they want and it will make them feel better and they will fit in if they're wearing the right brand. It will not. And it will, I truly believe, will cause a serious collapse in our society one day. And in fact, I think it truly already is. Kids are having more and more mental illness problems and more suicide issues than ever before. And it's not just being broadcasted. It really is a, is a, a statistical fact. And there has to be a cause for that. We have to think of, you know, it's time that we really took a look at our society to say, hey, what are we doing wrong in raising our children? Because the mindset isn't there. And if the mindset's not there, the energy that they're putting out isn't going to be there proper either. Okay, so the, the, everything's connected. How easy it is for us to complain and regret our past. And this is something I struggle with all the time, thinking that somehow it's wrong. So Melody says the answer is to fall in love. Fall in love with our own life. Our destiny isn't some far off moment or something that happens to someone else. Our destiny is taking place right now. It's been happening all along. Your life is your destiny from the choices you make, things that have, are happening around you. Destiny is that mysterious force or energy that magically intertwines with choice, free will, and fate. Let all those elements weave together and create your life. But know you can help to create it too. You are not sitting at the disposal of predestination. I truly do not believe that. Okay, I just don't. Fall in love with your own love life. Love all the places you have gone and all the places you will go. Love the lessons you have learned and the way you have learned them. And that is something I definitely struggle with in my life. I get into a cycle often of bitterness, of the hurt and the betrayal that was done to me and in my past. And I think this isn't fair. Well, do you know what? I wouldn't have this podcast and do, be doing what I love in my life if I didn't have those experiences, because I wouldn't have gone, if you, if you don't go through pain, you don't grow. A baby that's born, it's a traumatic experience going through the birth canal. All heads all squished, bodies all squished. It's just, it's just almost seems not even natural, but all most animals go through that experience, trying to get out of the egg, trying to get out of the cocoon without pain or struggle. We don't understand and we will not know to be strong, to be grateful, and to appreciate. They go together. You know, they just they just do. Anyways, most of all, please love where you are right now. It is uh, the end of December. It is going to be New Year's in a few days. I really encourage you to look at the past year of your life and not with regret. If you are not happy where your life is right now, then change it. There are many, many ways you can change it. It's a choice. And maybe just part of it is that you need to accept that you don't need to change it. You just need to be happy in it. Change isn't always about something physical. You do not need to change your hair, lose 10 pounds, buy a new car, live in a different neighborhood. Often it's about accepting who we are as people, growing our gifts to their biggest potential, contributing back to the world and energetically understanding that what you put out in the universe will come back. And truly believing that and practicing it. Nothing in life happens overnight. 
That is the complete fallacy of the American dream, that you can win the lottery or you can come to America and get rich. Yep, you know what? As what? Who was the artist? A singer. He said, yeah, I got, took me 20 years to get famous overnight <laughs> because he plied his trade and he perfected himself. I can't remember who it was. It was a country singer, I believe, for 20 years. And one day he got the big break. The fact that he wasn't famous in the 20 years didn't mean he didn't have the skill. Didn't mean he didn't have a gift. It just wasn't manifesting itself the way that the world was ready for yet. And perhaps he needed that time. That is a comment and, a, and an exercise that we went into quite seri- uh, in depth in the Outliers um, podcast I did about Bill Gates. And but how phenomenal he was by the age of 19. In fact, the author that wrote Outliers, his comment in his interview at the end of the ebook was, I don't care what he did after the age of 18, 19. I had no interest in what he did after that. That's just regular, you know, business and blah, blah, blah. It was these unique experiences that allowed him to have hours and hours and hours of exposure and practice in the IT world that was just evolving. And that expertise is what created the person he was, he is today. There was an opportunity. He was in the middle of it. He took it. But that didn't happen overnight. He had been doing that and writing computer programs since he was 12 or 13 years of age, since literally computers were coming on the market. Perfection is a fallacy. That is an absolute illusion. But the strive to be better is something that takes time. That is why psychologists talk about having creating a new habit. You have to do it so many times and repeat it and repeat it because, well, how does the expression go? I heard it right through to a really long conclusion the other day and now, of course, I've forgotten it. But thoughts are things. So if you think it, you know, you'll believe it and you believe it, you'll become it. And that, you know, and that in turn becomes your character and that in turn becomes your belief system. And I will have to look that up actually for you guys and, um, and put it in the New Year's uh, podcast. But if we are always feeling and thinking a certain way, and if that is very negative and very destructive, that will manifest in itself in our life. If you're always negative, you know, I, I believe in the magic. I believe in the good people. You know what? They are evil in a lot of ways, and there's so much yuckiness in the world. But really, my core belief still is I love people, and I truly believe we're capable of great things. I love the neighborhood I live in. There is so much love and positive energy and uh, protectiveness in my neighborhood that it stunned me the other day, like stunned me. I actually just looked at my sister, and I could not believe it had come out of her mouth because If she had a clue of my life, it never would have left her mouth. But I was complaining, nothing is perfect, about the city and the fact that they're building these monster homes in our neighborhood. They're just starting to come with no parking. They're putting in 5,000 square foot homes and two parking spots. And people, there's no place for people to park. And we've had our first house and people, they're parking on their lawn. They have seven vehicles in that one house. They're a family with grown children and two renters in the basement. The city's just being ridiculous and we are fighting them. Well, I was just telling her a little bit about this and she just turned around to me. She was, we were going out for lunch. She says, why do you even live there? It sounds disgusting. I could not believe how I re- strongly I reacted to her comment because I live in the most amazing neighborhood. We, people want to be in my neighborhood. <laughs> like. We all know each other. There's one road in and one road out, even though there's two little loops. 
we know we, we have our own Facebook group, a private Facebook group that we all communicate in, that we all talk to each other. Christmas Day at 2 o'clock, we have an annual hockey game in the cul-de-sac down by my old house, down the hill, that half the neighborhood participates in. We have new families right up to elderly people here. Um, no, we are not a white Canadian neighborhood by any stretch of the imagination. We are inclusive. But we managed to do this, keeping our culture alive and being friends and protecting each other. It really is very a very, very unique phenomenon in this day and age. We kind of have a joke, and I've been here for 11, almost 12 years now. Dogs and children run free in my neighborhood. And let me tell you, everyone keeps an eye open out for them. So these kids that are now teenagers, they were three and four years of age when my husband and I built the house down the street. And then we moved up here three, almost three years ago. And these people are still all in our lives that is a very unique experience in today's day and age, especially living 30 minutes outside of metropolitan Vancouver. It is a unique experience to have that much positive energy in a, in a neighborhood and in a situation because people are out there watching the news, not speaking to their neighbors and wondering what, how it all went wrong. But there's something about this neighborhood that I believe energetically and subconsciously or consciously, for me it was consciously because I was a newcomer to this neighborhood. Matter of fact, we were the first newbies here. Uh, first time a house had been built or sold in something like a decade. There were people that are living here that are friends of mine that are actually living in the house their parents lived in. They bought the house, parents moved in, you know, to condos and then eventually passed away, whatever. But then they renovated the house. These are multi-generations going on here. It's, it's quite interesting. For me, it was conscious. To some of them, it's unconscious. They have an expectation that life should just be that way. So they live it, they breathe it, they practice it. And therefore, we have this place called the Norum Crazies, and it is an exceptional place to live. And yet my sister, with no knowledge of my life or what goes on in my, in my world, heard one negative story and just figured that I should just move out of my neighborhood. But you have to understand in context, let me explain, my sister lives on my parents' acreage and has lived there married since she was 19 years of age. She has never, never lived in her own home. She has never moved out. She has never done anything other than stay in the family bubble, as we call it. And that's great. That's good for her. She's been there for my grandparents when they were elderly and she's there for my parents now. But she has no concept of my life and how other people really truly do live. So that one negativity for her was just like, it was like a bang. It's like, you need to, that's terrible. You need to go. I'm like, no, we fight for what we want. And it's uncomfortable that we have to fight with our own government, but we will. And that's the deal. <laughs> that's the deal of living in a, in a democracy. So anyways, remember, destiny is something is not always something that is dropped on your lap. It is something you can make, something you do, something that does not just happen to you. Lots of times in movies and stuff, it's always portrayed that, you know, your destiny came calling. Well, you know what? Your life is your destiny. Please make the most of it. Be happy in it energetically, subconsciously, and consciously. You have to do it consciously for it to become unconscious. Okay, expect the best, expect better, and the world will change. I truly, truly believe that. And I hope you'll join me in believing that as well. That is why I say catch me on the flip side when I end my podcasts or on my YouTube channel. I want to see you on the other side of, a, of your change of heart, change of mind, change of energy. I want to see us on the other side. The world is a dark place in a, lot of, in a lot of places right now. But you know what? The world's been a lot darker. 
We just all see it on the news now. We have so come so far, but we have so much further to go. Happy New Year, everyone. And in January 2018, I will catch you on the flip side. Take care, everyone. Thank you for joining me here today. And if you subscribe to my podcast, you won't miss a thing. Remember to focus on not living in regret. You can reach me on Twitter at livingwell8 or email me at livingwellwithshell at gmail.com. Let me know what you like best about today's podcast, leave a review on iTunes, or leave me a message on something you'd like me to speak on next. Have a great day, everyone.